Welcome to Indisputable. I'm Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie today and joining us as our special guest co-host, Jackson White. It's been a long time since we've been, I don't know, together on the show, Jackson. So I'm excited that you are with us once again. I know you're doing big things. and Doing my uh, best. <laughs> well, your best is pretty good. It's appreciated by many. We'll get into some of the things that you are doing, some of that good work. We always appreciate the commentary. But for now, what do you say we get right into the show? Because it's a big one today. Some people are tense, <laughs> not because the holidays brings out drama, it does. But perhaps for another reason, association with him. A judge has ordered 150 Epstein associates to be revealed. See, I think you run and tell it, don't tell on yourself. Okay, why just wait in agony for what comes next? Will I be on the list? For Mediate, a federal judge ruled on Tuesday that documents containing the identities of over 150 associates of the late convicted sex offender, Jeffrey Epstein, will be unsealed after the new year. Now, don't you want to leave that behind in 2023? I would petition the judge, release it now. It's going to come out, release it now. But no, it'll wait. Till after the new year, ABC News has the reporting on this. New York Judge Loretta Preska ordered the documents unsealed on January 1, 2024. I love it. This order acts as part of a settled civil lawsuit by Epstein accuser Virginia Guffrey. She's on the left, age 17 at the time of the photo, against Epstein's confidant. Ghislaine Maxwell, on the right there, was currently serving a 20-year prison sentence for her own involvement in the sex trafficking scheme. As the Guardian reports, this photo of Virginia taken on the late evening of March 10th, 2001, came to symbolize Virginia's case against Prince Andrew. The Duke's arm around the 17-year-old's waist as Maxwell stands in the background, grinning. And the man behind the camera, whose reflection is hidden by the flash, one Jeffrey Epstein. More from Mediate. The date was set for early January, so those who objected to their names being revealed could file their objections. The report says that the names and the documents could include Epstein's victims, co-conspirators, and innocent associates. Try explaining that to your partner. <laughs> I'll, I'll figure out if you're innocent or not. Better tell it all. Any of the named individuals who are minors will remain unidentified. While the news will have everyone following the Epstein case, chomping at the bit to know who was doing business with the financier who died in 2019 in prison while waiting his sentence, ABC News provided more detail about what could be contained in the specific documents set to be unsealed. The documents may not make clear why a certain individual became associated with Duffrey's lawsuit, but more than 150 people are expected to be identified in hundreds of files that may expose more about Epstein's sex trafficking of women and girls in New York, New Mexico, the US Virgin Islands, and elsewhere. Some of the names may simply have been included in depositions, email, legal documents, ABC News. Epstein and Maxwell worked together for years, targeting, grooming, and luring girls as young as 14 to work in massage parlors and other environments where they were abused and trafficked to others, including allegedly very high profile individuals. Um, you know, Jeffrey Epstein 
we can all agree on something, a monster, right? Who took his own life rather than face the ultimate. I guess for me though, Jackson, it's perhaps fitting as long as innocents who are already victims, innocents who were just associated in some way, had no knowledge of this, did not partake in this, are not lumped in with the rest. However, I I think that there's there's someone, an entity, perhaps several that's escaped much scrutiny at all. Oh, the yeah. Authorities who let Epstein off the hook time and time again, enablers. Um, what do you think about the judge's ruling though? January one, come on now. Well, I mean, that's right around the corner. You know what I'm saying? So hopefully we get to to see some, you know, names that really mean something. But, you know, I have two main points for this. The first one is I think that this is a great example of how any type of organized crime on a large scale has to be allowed. You know, you can't do things like this or, you know, move huge quantities of drugs or, you know, steal large quantities of money unless a lot of people are helping you to do it. And so um, we absolutely need to see who all else was involved in this, especially given that Jeffrey Epstein, essentially, this is all he did. This is what he was completely dedicated to. Um, so uh, people shouldn't be able to go to their graves with this information. Um, and also, too, I think it's just really indicative of the fact that rich people don't always get away with it. They get away with things a lot. You know what I'm saying? It's very true that it makes it easier for them to get away. But if you cross certain lines, eventually things do come back to bite you. Jeffrey Epstein died in prison. Glazane is in prison. There are a lot of people, obviously, who got off the hook. But at the end of the day, justice is around the corner. Um, you know, so I hope that these uh, the names that are revealed are are you know substantive. But overall, Jeffrey Epstein was an absolutely disgusting person. Yeah, and perhaps it's. I agree with you. It's fitting, right? He's gone. He took the coward's way out. Though I would be concerned about the afterlife if you believe in that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the people who let him do their dirty work and facilitate their desires for underage traffic girls. Okay. Now they're left holding the bag. And I do think that that is fitting. Um, How many people do you think will go ahead and take this time, week or so, a little more to object to their names coming out? And obviously that would have to be under seal. We, We may not ever know unless the judge says, nope, you're staying on the list and it's coming out. But how many people do you think are scrambling and filing under seal their objections? Probably dozens. I mean, there's got to be dozens of people. Because again, he did this for decades and he had the most, the highest profile people on the planet involved in it. The most powerful politicians, literal royalty, um, the top businessmen, bankers in the country. So I would have no doubt that there's dozens of people doing everything that they can to keep their names free. I mean, I would, I wouldn't do anything like this, but you know, no. if, if if I was in a situation like this, I would not want this to get out to the public. But you know, you already right. got names like Bill Clinton, um, you know, Bill Gates, um, you know, a lot of these people who spent time with him that we know of. Yeah. So I think that um, information is going to be coming out probably for years on this because it was such a huge thing. It was such a huge ring. And again, this is what Jeffrey Epstein did, like all that banking stuff and hedge funds. Yeah, whatever. This is what he did. Yeah, (laughs) this is what he did. So, um, yeah, I'm just curious to see what happens. Now, you said something a a few minutes ago about 
the larger entity. You can't run a, a drug trafficking scheme without help, people to help support the organization. And I would add to that, you, you can't do it unless you have perhaps people, not perhaps, people who are supposed to catch these kinds of thugs assisting, either looking the other way or perhaps tipping you off from the inside. That's just what I believe when you talk about someone who this was his thing and this is what he did. You have yeah. to be supported in a number of ways, payoffs in various forms, that part. Um, but I want to ask you another question because it occurs to me, while you would not be part of something like this, nor would I, if your name is on the list and you know whether you're on that list or not, and you have perhaps a family, yeah, you come home and you divulge it, or do you just twiddle your thumbs and hope for the best that maybe your partner's not paying attention to the news, not reading the newspaper? I guess you could hide them. Unplug the television. What say you? I mean, I think it all really boils down to what kind of person you are. You know what I mean? Um, I think that firstly, if you're involved in this type of stuff, there's a lot of uh, negativity in your character. But you know, it depends on if you want to handle it now or you want to handle it later. Do you want to seem, you know, maybe how you want to be seen? Do you want to be seem like a man or do you want to seem like a coward? I, it's hard to answer that question because yeah. we're not really dealing with like rational people here. Um, mm -hmm. You know, so it's really difficult to answer that. My bet would be that they're probably going to scramble and lie. I mean, if you were a stand-up person, I don't know why you'd be like, "Honey, let's sit down and have a talk." Yeah, you know, what I, you know what I mean. So I think that they're going to deny as much as they can because yeah. this is that's what narcissistic people do when it comes time for accountability. Ain't no such thing because they're always running away from being seen. Oh my goodness, you done hit the nail on the head with that one. But it's we've seen it before. Remember when Hillary Clinton he allowed her. The president, her husband, allowed her to go on national television. What was it, the Today Show? That's where it started, where she talked about this right-wing conspiracy. And by the way, there, there can be a right-wing conspiracy. But he allowed her to go out and defend his honor. I talked to the president, it's not true. And this is just what we've been used to over the years in politics. It's just so nasty. And lo and behold, how did she find out when it was leaked? Okay. That's how she nah, found out. You know? uh, maybe, but you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, yeah, yeah, yeah right. come on, come on, yeah. <laughs> she had to have known. Because now I'm thinking, this is kind of off topic, but now I'm thinking of some uh, one of Mitch McConnell's boats or something, or a boat he was connected to got caught with like $2 billion worth of cocaine or something. Again, it's a different story, but it's all in line. You, that's not happening unless somebody's letting it happen. You know, so yeah. whoever was involved with allowing Jeffrey Epstein to do the completely disgusting things that he did, they need to go to prison. I mean, I agree. no ifs, ands, or buts, they need to go to prison. Even don't if care. it's Bill Gates, it no matter who it is. Don't care what you're worth, don't care who you are. You can have several seats and plinkety plink that once you sit down, I don't know, maybe it's just a concrete bench in there. I don't know, okay? But you can have several seats and do your time and face public shame. Public shame is, is a tool that's necessary. And every time I say that, people, Seem to get upset, like it's necessary. You know, and I last said it when those officers got indicted, okay, for the killing of George Floyd. And one was out at supermarket or something. I think he was getting Oreos and something. I just remember the images and people were heckling him. And I posted it and I said, public shame is is part of 
what society does. Okay, you should not do certain things and expect to just walk free among us and be beyond reproach. People have a right to feel a certain kind of way. And I think that that's about to play out here. January 1, was that the date, Jackson? Yes, January 1 in a couple of weeks. And just to, to add to your example of public shame, just look at what's going on with Diddy. You know what I'm saying? Like it just one day later, it's, it's over. It's already over. The trial yeah. didn't need to happen. And that's all because of public shame. So, yeah. yeah, we're allowed to make up our mind. Okay, we're allowed to be thought provoking and um, study things. We're allowed to do that. Okay, part of being a human being. Ramaswamy. Uh, quick Colorado, the primary. If Donald Trump is not included, I'd be okay with that. I don't know who you're voting for, but that's okay. You want to click, click, free country. Um, but uh, Vivek Ramaswamy has pledged a withdrawal from the Colorado primary following a recent court ruling. Go ahead. They have just tried to bar President Trump from the Colorado ballot using an unconstitutional maneuver that is a bastardization of the 14th Amendment to our U.S. Constitution. This was a provision, Section 3, that was designed to bar Confederate members, people who switched to the Confederacy, from actually being able to serve. That's very different than what's at issue here, to say the least. This is a hollowed out husk of what the country was built on. The basic principle that we the people select our leadership, not the unelected elite class in the back of palace halls. That's old world Europe, not the United States. That's why I'm making a pledge today that I will withdraw. I pledge to withdraw from the Colorado GOP primary ballot unless and until Trump's name is restored. And I demand that Ron DeSantis and Chris Christie and Nikki Haley do the same thing or else these Republicans are simply complicit in this unconstitutional attack on the way we conduct our constitutional republic. Well, I don't know if Chris Christie is complicit, but I know he said that he was getting on his nerves. Remember at that debate, he said, you know. Yeah, he said he's the most obnoxious blowhard in the country. That Those are his exact words. Yeah, so I don't think they're on speaking terms, and I don't know that he's going to hear the challenge, but he made it. Ramaswamy, who has pushed conspiracy theories about the Capitol attack, the September 11th attacks, and great replacement theory has frequently been complimentary, Trump even while running against him. And while Ramaswamy is blaming Democratic judges for kicking Trump off the Colorado ballot, it was actually an effort by a group of Republicans that set these circumstances in motion. Yep, that's what happened. Now here's how we got here. September, Washington DC based watchdog group, Citizens for Responsibility and Ethics, true. Filed a lawsuit on behalf of six Republican and unaffiliated voters in Colorado that claimed Trump had breached that clause due to his actions surrounding the January 6, 2021 Capitol attack. ABC News with the reporting. The ruling follows a months long challenge in Colorado to Trump's ballot eligibility under Section 3 of the 14th Amendment, a Civil War era constitutional clause that deems former office holders ineligible from holding office again if. They took an oath to support the Constitution and then engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the United States. Not a lawyer, it seems clear. Colorado Supreme Court's 
majority on Tuesday reversed a lower court's decision that the president was not an officer of the US under the Constitution. And therefore, Section 3 of the 14th Amendment did not apply. Now, the ruling also denied Trump's appeal on 11 issues and found that his actions on January 6th, including a speech outside the White House that morning, were not protected by the First Amendment. In a 4-3 ruling that will soon be appealed, and that is likely to inspire fierce criticism from Trump supporters and vocal applause from those who have condemned his behavior around January 6th, a majority of Colorado's seven justices wrote that the former president engaged in insurrection. The justices stayed their ruling until January 4th, pending an appeal. Again, I'm not a lawyer. I, there's a lot of, it seems like parsing of words. Um, the Constitution, I love it when people say this, you know, post Civil War, <laughs> this clause, right? That's what it related to. Who cares? There's no expiration date on it, is there? I don't think there is. Not a lawyer. I don't know what decision is correct, but I know it's going to head to if they could get Clarence Thomas off of the billionaire's boat, yacht, whatever. He's going to have to come back and discuss this with his colleagues, okay? That's what's going to happen here. But I do think, Jackson, it's ironic that Donald Trump is being, for now, right? I know there's a stay and appeal and all this other stuff that'll be contemplated. For now, you're off the ballot because you don't qualify to be president again based on the Constitution, that document. You know, the same one that he used when he falsely referenced that President Obama wasn't born in this country. Let me see your birth certificate. And he did it to try to keep him off the ballot. He said he shouldn't even be in the race, shouldn't be allowed to run. Hmm, that's I, a I good find point. irony in that. Yeah. That's, that's why he said it, right? Mm-hmm. The irony in that and is also that based on the rationale that Vivek gave, People should be allowed to do whatever they want so long as they're running for president or so long as they were president. Nothing matters. We should just give people the right to choose to choose, which basically, I mean, if that's your logic, then anything goes. Absolutely nothing matters. But then if that's your logic, then how can you whine and complain about again, like you point, oh, Obama wasn't born. Yes, he was. You know what I'm saying? Like, yes, he was. Obama is an American citizen. If he wasn't, he wouldn't have been able to be president. But also, can we please just say that Vivek is, oh my God, just uh, just the most, yes, Chris Christie, you were right. The most annoying blowhard in the country. That. Why yeah. are you even running for president? I don't even know why he's in a race. It's like, bro, you were a bit, you're a billionaire. You're very successful. You don't have anything really to gain from this other than FaceTime and people don't like you. You know, you're not well received. Republicans really don't like you other than, oh, he, he kisses Trump's behind. That's the only thing Vivek really has going for himself. But at the end of the day, we're talking about a man, Donald Trump, who has breaks laws the same way that he breathes. He has yeah. 91 felonies. None of those have to be there. You know, if he would have just given those documents back, he would have avoided many of those felonies. And then every single day he goes outside and curses the judges and the prosecutors. So it's like you are just losing and losing and losing in court. And even if let's say the Supreme Court overturns this and or whatever, we don't we gotta wait and see what happens. But yeah. this is just encouragement for more people to drop the gavel on Trump. His criminal trials haven't even begun yet. And you know, 
in my opinion, this really is going to end up being a huge problem for Donald Trump when it actually comes to people showing up to vote for him. Yeah. Um, he's just in a bad position. He, he just is. He is. He's twisted in knots. And I'm going to tell you something here, okay? You're right. This, this decision is giving hostages in the Republican Party, okay, who've been radicalized, indoctrinated by their captor, Donald Trump. It's actually giving them an opportunity to escape, right? It's like the SWAT team shows up. They've got the perp on the line. He's a little distracted or her. And they try to usher them out. They pick the lock and they can get them out the back door. You just have to take advantage. Now, if we tell you, run, run, come on, and you just stay your behind back then, we're leading you to water. I don't know. Why won't you drink? But the kind of like jumping off the dive. I was just going to say, yeah. kind of like jumping off the diving board and showing people it's not as scary as it seems. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? But it's it, it's it's a race to the bottom between Joe Biden and Donald Trump. It, yeah. It, and it, I mean, it typically is when it comes wow. to incumbent uh, incumbent elections. When an incumbent's up for reelection. Um, but we still got quite a bit. So I, I would encourage people to not get too caught up in the polls. Go touch some grass. Go hang out with some friends and yeah. family. You know what I'm saying? Don't get too caught up in the polls just yet. Just don't freak out just yet. Well, we're we're going to go to break in a moment, but I wrote something down. You say a lot of profound things. I think many of them could end up on a t-shirt. I think you make money and put them out there because you say profound things. And what I wrote down is perhaps the single most hurtful thing that a child would utter to another child on the playground. And yet it's true. Vivek or Vivek, correct me, I'm wrong, Jackson. Ramaswamy, nobody liked you. <laughs> That's as a kid, kid, nobody liked you. For real, it's true. It's true. He could have just stayed why. rich and 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 stayed to himself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and have you know socialites and women talk behind his back after they get off the date with him, like, oh, he's rich, but he's just I can't take it anymore, right? <laughs> yeah, because that's what's happening. That's what's happening. He's insufferable. All right, he's insufferable. Welcome back to Indisputable. I am Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie. Jackson White is our special guest co-host today. Always a pleasure to have Jackson on the program. Offering insightful commentary, unafraid commentary. Um, it's why he's here, we love it. Uh, let's get to some member comments if we can. TYT member Lynn had this to say about that list. 150 of Jeffrey Epstein's associates set to be released. The judges ordered that to be done January 1. Who's on the list? Uh, Lynn says it sounds kind of like Santa's naughty and nice list. That's a lot of people. 150 people. That's a lot. For something like this, like, that's a lot, man. Uh huh. That's a lot. We'll take a minute to go through it. We'll report on it. Okay. I hope you're on that day. I hope you're on that day. Uh, About Vivek Ramaswamy saying, you know what? If you don't let Trump on the ballot in Colorado, I won't be on it either. I'll quit. Hypocrite, Hippocritus, Noah says. <laughs> <laughs> I was thinking of someone else. I wonder how much Ramaswamy, Swampy, I think you misspelled it, Hippocritus, hates himself. Does he realize the same audience he's playing to hates him? I'm so sure. Uh, next TYT reporter, Vivek Ramaswamy is polling at 4.3%. 
This is like the one player on the third line threatening to stay out of the game. You aren't scaring anyone, <laughs> right? Scott Smith, thank you. Trump is supposedly on this list. Well, that would be breaking news, Scott, but I thank you. But we don't know. Speculation. Ooh, that'd be we're, something. We're going to find out soon enough. Be, it wouldn't be surprising. <laughs> <laughs> right. JTVJ says, the fact Musk and Trump are literally in pictures with Epstein, happy, smiling, partying, that alone should have them in prison, like lock them up. We'll see. Uh, and one more for you. Librio, I think that's the first thing he said that I actually cheered for. He does not want the bank on it. He just <laughs> yeah, go, go ahead and get out of here. Go ball, ahead and get out. Home. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Uh, we'll see what happens. Maybe it'll hold true to that. We'll see. There'll be appeals. And of course, we will report on it all because that's what we do. And if he's obnoxious enough to stay in the headlines, we'll dig and dig and uncover what we can. Speaking of obnoxious, I wish a Karen would. You want to call the police on him for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You feel right. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Like babes, you know how much money I've spent in this bitch? Like $10,000. So get that on the tape. Oh, we will. That's harassment, thanks. And this one, this one means from Persian. From Persian. That means that Shakespeare. Mexican bitch. How <laughs> you like them apples, Mexican bitch? Go back to Mexico. Oh, I really don't care. Go I'm not getting out. Get the cops here. Calling us racist and then calling me a Mexican bitch. Yeah, because you are racist. As racist against Iranian people. Just racist Who against her. Please. Yeah, because she's a Mexican bitch. Go ahead. And I'm racist against you too. Okay. Just because you're white, you think you're cool. You're not. You're American. Yeah, I don't give a fuck what you are. You look That's white cool. to me. Awesome. That's the most racist I've ever heard in my life. Good. You can walk the store now. No, I'm not walking yes, out. Yes, yes, don't touch me. You are not getting any further. There you have it, right? Proud and loud, like they always are. According to uh, the poster, this Karen was previously banned from their business, but insisted on entering anyway. Video was taken after they were awaiting the police. They claim that the police confirmed that she'd already been trespassed from the establishment. Took three cops to get her into the cuffs, but finally they took her to jail for the night. You imagine what the ride to the station was like. I, oh, yeah, you know, she was the yeah. Oh, she was on one, Jackson. I just, I wish that um, people wouldn't even try, but I think they're so shocked, Jackson. They don't even try to rationalize. You know, they're telling you, but you're being racist right there. They're, they're trying to speak in an intelligent kind of uh, way, conversate with this. This Karen, this beast of a Karen, and she's not going to be taking any of that in. She does not make any sense. And for some reason, this is the only establishment she wishes to spew her hatred and garbage in. She's been trespassed from it, and yet she keeps returning, okay? Georgia cockroaches, you get bay leaves will keep Georgia cockroaches away. I don't know what will keep these Karens away from Decent people who are just breathing, existing, doing their job.
some Super Saiyan sage. That's you got to burn some Super Saiyan sage around her. But she had on them Monsters Inc. glasses that I'm always watching you, Wazowski. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But uh, I'm people like this go about things like they have nothing to lose, which can make people dangerous in situations like that. And, you know, uh, like you pointed out, she, they were trying to rationalize things. And maybe that's a waste of time, but it's either you do that or you get violent. And it's yeah. not, you know, it's really not. Unless someone's assailing you, it's just typically not worth getting violent as an adult, especially, you know, you're working in the store and they may have a case against you. But uh, I, I just, people like this really blow me away because it's just like, I guess, I guess you're entitled to do whatever you feel like because you've spent money here or because you're a fan or because you're a supporter of some kind. So that means you can mistreat me. And I have to just put up with it. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, apparently that's not how it went. She went to the station for a night. But I highly doubt that that changed her ways. No. And I have friends who recently have been trying, Jackson. I want to know your thoughts. I've discussed it with Senator Turner. I've discussed it with uh, Mayor Mondale Robinson. Now I want your take. They've been telling me, look, this kind of racism is an affliction. And I don't get me wrong. There are mental health issues with people. Not all of them, though. Okay, you're nasty. Mm-hmm. You woke up wrong, and now you want everybody else to hurt. But my friends urge me to have empathy. Even in these worst cases, they say that's how we get through racism. This is one friend in particular, because these people are afflicted. So I don't care if they're racist. I'll transact with them. I'll I'll do whatever. Um, But that's how he has to treat it to keep from having this rise of emotion within. What say you? Yeah, I guess uh, to to stop yourself from overreacting, or or I think maybe taking it personally. I think that that's okay. probably more of of uh, what they were going at is um, not taking it personally, so you don't internalize it. That doesn't mean that you have to accept or put up with it. Um, but I think that on a grand scheme of things, if you want to be somebody who contributes to positive change in the country. You have to be able to have empathy. But at the same time, I think you got to realize that there's some people you can't really work with. Um, I don't know if this woman is beyond saving, but uh, I do think that some people are just kind of a waste of time, not just to try to help, but to deal with it all. So empathy is important, but uh, too much empathy is a bad thing, just like too much of anything is bad. Yeah, I think you're right. People have to be held accountable and they have to be again, public shaming, they have to face the consequences. And perhaps they can overcome even in this case, you're right, we don't know. But only only she can do it. It's like if you are affected in some way, substance abuse, whatever it is, you can't do it. I'd have been on substances else. a whole lot, and I ain't never did nothing like that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I go a lot to you. Anybody who follows me and knows me I knows I am it. not ashamed yeah. to talk nah. about my, my sniffing days. Oh, and I, I ain't never did nothing yeah. like that. <laughs> no, and that, so, you know what that does? It tells me about true character, yeah. true personality, right? Because when you're on that, uh, I do think it is a microscope. It's a uh, a deep dive into what you are capable of. And if you're not capable of it, okay? And I don't, I, th- I think you've been on enough that if there were dreadlocks spinning around and you were telling somebody <laughs> off in the convenience store, wherever, there's somebody with, you know, the audience, Jack. I'm too, I'm, I'm too big to do stuff like that. I'm six foot six. So like, I, yeah. I can't do anything yeah. in public like that. No, nah. I can't, I can't do that. There. So yeah, I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't anyway. Nah, you wouldn't. <laughs>
cops crashing into a bar. And then they got the nerve to arrest the bar owner because he was mad. He crashed into my bar and then he arrested me because I didn't appreciate it. That's the story, not made up. I'll give you the rest. Per the Riverfront Times in the St. Louis, Missouri neighborhood of Carondelet, one of the co-owners of Bar PM is currently locked up in the city, Justice Center downtown. You don't want to be there. The owner's accused of felony assault, a charge that has sparked outrage due to the fact that he received it after a St. Louis police SUV crashed into the front of the bar. Speaking with RFT, Javad Pazeli on the left there, the attorney for Bar PM co-owner Chad Morris on the right said, quote, this is embarrassing for the police department. Noting there are multiple videos of the collision and its aftermath that tell a different story than the one police allege and show Morris's arrest was unwarranted. Where have I heard this storyline before? I'm hopeful that the prosecuting attorney's office, when they see the evidence that we have, dismisses these charges and holds the police accountable. Kazali says, St. Louis Metropolitan Police have not responded to the Riverfront Times messages seeking comment. It was around 12.30 a.m. Monday when the police SUV traveling north on southbound Broadway, South Broadway, crashed into the front of the LGTBQ bar owned by Morris and his husband, James Pence, just as it was closing up. Worked a long shift, now want to head home. But uh-oh, one more customer busting through, not taking no for an answer perhaps. Pence told the RFT yesterday that when the crash occurred, he came downstairs to find an officer demanding to see his identification. Pence refused and was spun around and placed in cuffs. He wasn't arrested, but Morris was accused of felony assault on a police officer and misdemeanor resisting arrest. Painting a picture here. Police claimed in charging documents that after the crash, Morris screamed obscenities. One officer wrote that he struck me hard in the chest with an open hand, causing me to temporarily lose my balance. Morrison allegedly fled into a gangway before the bar and other building, closing a gate on an officer as he did this, according to the police statement. Azeli says that a 20 minute bystander video of the incident tells its own story. They unlawfully handcuffed Mr. Pence. Azeli says they falsely claim that speaking loudly is against the law, and they use that as a predicate to arrest Mr. Morris. I have to tell you, Jackson, in my years on this earth, that sounds, I'm weighing the two stories, okay, the police version and the lawyer's version for the accused. And I gotta tell you which one has a ring of truth. I wasn't there, I wasn't there, okay? A portion of the bystander video was reviewed by the Riverfront Times, that portion shows what took place between the crash and prior to Morris's arrest. It shows Pence being put in cuffs. At one point, the person filming the video asked what crime has been committed. An unidentified St. Louis Metropolitan Police Officer responds, a disturbance. Now again, wouldn't, wouldn't the first disturbance be when you crash through my, my bar? Boom, that's caused a disturbance. What's going on here? That's just me, but I'm not an officer. Officer then walks toward the bystander, Matt Pfaff, as he's recording and says, he's not going to yell at me. That's causing a disturbance. 
And Cazelli says, at no point does the 20 minute video show Morris striking an officer. At no point does it show that. Interesting, huh? Interesting. This is one of those stories, Jackson, that um, it always seems to, to make matters worse. Instead of just booking, doing the report, saying this or that happened, whatever accident, slick roads, not paying attention, texting, I don't know. But now we're not focused on that, are we? Instead, we're focused on a man and his husband who own a bar and were closing up for the night, being arrested, accused of going, you know, wild on the police who entered their establishment. It's just Strange, RFT has also viewed what appears to be security footage taken from a different angle on South Broadway and it shows the collision itself. Ah, <laughs> I know right <laughs> where that is too. Okay, we may have you go visit the scene and give us a, a report. Maybe right. we'll send you down there to report, give you a mic with a TYT flag He drove straight it. into, he just, he just made is, a left uh-huh, and, and went straight into the building. This is a different angle, Jackson, South Broadway, an area you know, it shows the collision itself. In the footage, the police SUV travels at what appears to be a high speed before it suddenly swerves to avoid a parked car, which the RFT notes the SUV didn't look like it was going to hit anyway. SUV then careens across an opposing turn lane, the sidewalk and right into bar PM. This could have been a lot worse. Police vehicle was driven by a 32-year-old probationary officer who had been with the department for less than a year. Official police incident report said that the driver believed he was traveling too close to a parked car and attempted to correct himself. Gazelli says they lost control of the vehicle. And immediately, the video shows the police officers being aggressive with everyone in the area to cover up what they did. Ring a truth, ring a truth, ring a truth. Morris was ordered to be held without bond. Jesus. Inside the city justice center on Monday, it's unclear as of right now when Morris will have a bond hearing. Though one is expected to occur either later today, the next day in the morning, at the latest. Yeah, we're getting close to when things shut down for a certain holiday. I, I hope they give him a hearing. But this is this is what we're talking about, Jackson. You made a mistake. You were traveling what appears to be at a high rate of speed. And in that kind of neighborhood, we know what the speed limits are, the range. You might have been exceeding it. That's a good bet. You might have been distracted. But to go in and and tell this elaborate story, by the way, they have body cams too. I don't know why they're not commenting. Don't police have body cams in St. Louis? They did when I worked there. Don't they have them? And yet, as I know. You know, they see someone even recording this. That's why they walked over to the guy, hoping that they could recruit him to their way of thinking. And yet, you're still pending this. We, we don't know. Maybe the police are telling the truth. But I know from my days of reporting and from being on this earth and being a black woman and on and on, one side has a ring of truth to it. The other, my spidey sense says, nah, not so much. Well, you know, what how big of a disturbance would you really have to cause for this to be legitimate? You know what I'm saying? Like I, I would imagine in order for someone to be arrested for something like that, you would have to like maybe have a gun out, you know, or a knife or something, or really done something just absurd. But at the end of the day, 
the police officer is the one who drove into a building, which is rather difficult to do. It's it's actually, uh, you know, I, it's a big accomplishment. I've never done anything like that. Mm-hmm. But all this was, he was just embarrassed. It, that's all this was. The cop who drove into the building was embarrassed, and he's trying to cover it up like you pointed out. Bingo. But it's not going to work. You know, I don't know exactly how this is going to turn out, you know, when it comes to the legal system, because, you know, court costs money and stuff like that. Good lawyers cost money. Um, but I'm glad we're talking about this, not just because I'm here, but because this is ridiculous. I mean, you drove into this person's establishment. You know, what is he supposed to pay for that? Is it? You know, I don't I don't know. But when I saw this, the first thing that popped in my mind immediately was he's embarrassed and he's trying to maintain his authority. Nothing yeah. else. Nothing else. Treating this block and perhaps the city like it's a police state, urban terrorism. That's what it is. Someone crashes a vehicle into a brick building. I think that's what it was. And you're not even afforded an opportunity to say, oh, okay. I don't know if that was even said. But if it turns out that the video proves conclusively that the cops lied, not just fired, arrested. Think about what you did here. Yeah. You sent a man who our reporting shows is likely still behind bars, still there. Haven't heard anything about him being dangerous. Haven't heard anything about him being a derelict, uh, aggressively attacking minors, seniors. I haven't heard any of that. He and his husband run a bar. <laughs> they were closing up. And now he's behind bars. Someone's not telling the truth. And if it's determined, it's the police officers arrested. Fired, apologies, payments should be the way to go. There's your blueprint. I'll give you the last word, then we'll go to break. I agree 100%. I mean, you know, uh, mistakes happen. Driving into a building is a rather uh, ridiculous mistake, but it happened. And if you would have just gotten out the car and handled it with, you know, okay, insurance will pay for this. I'm sorry, X, Y, and Z. None of this really would have been that big of a deal. I mean, it still would have been embarrassing that he drove into a building. But if he would have handled it with stronger character, then life would have moved on. Character. And that's why I want to know if somebody was distracted. Because as you said, I'm not the best driver. And I never did it. I yeah. never did that. Right. Did some other stuff, but I, I didn't do that. Prosecutor suspended for charging innocent protesters. The first word that popped out at me is suspended. Phoenix, Arizona, April Sponsel, the former Maricopa County Attorney's Office prosecutor who worked with Phoenix police to falsely charge protesters as gang members, will lose her law license for at least two years. No word that pops out, two, just two years. Suspension was leveled against Sponsel on Tuesday. Sponsel was one of four attorneys in the Maricopa County Attorney's Office assigned to a first responders bureau. That was created to prosecute alleged crimes against first responders like police officers. Another problem I have. After the Minneapolis police killing of George Floyd and the Arizona Department of Public Safety killing of Deion Johnson, the MCAO received hundreds of charge submittals from law enforcement arising out of local protests. According to the disciplinary hearing panel's written decision, suspending sponsor, Sponsel took the lead on pursuing felony prosecution against the protesters. Arizona Republic with the reporting. Disciplinary hearing panel found that police reports related to an October 17, 2020 protest that led to the arrest of 18 people had cut and pace characteristics, including 
carried forward misspellings, undeleted template prompts such as name and substantially identical verbiage. Of those arrested, Sponsor charged 15 people with three felonies, riot, hindering prosecution, and aggravated assault. The hearing panel found Sponsor cavalierly dismissed exculpatory evidence, did not review important video evidence, wrongly accused a man of possessing Antifa paraphernalia, and rushed the case, all of them, to a grand jury. Leave Antifa out of it. Amy Caper, one of the protesters who was arrested, told the hearing panel the experience had led her to believe the legal system is so much worse than I ever could have imagined. According to the hearing panel's decision, she lost a job because of her arrest and suffered from PTSD because of the ordeal. The decision states, so much dirtier and more insidious, and backwards and evil than I could have ever, ever imagined, Caper said, according to the decision. I believe she's been through every bit of it as I look at her picture here, every bit of it. It's not a shock to me. The hearing panel also found Sponsor worked with police to fabricate the ACAB gang and bring criminal street gang charges against protesters with the Maricopa County Attorney's Office. They'd never done that before. Three person panel quoted County Attorney Rachel Mitchell. He testified that Sponsor's grand jury presentation against protesters was outrageous. Panel said the evidence presented to them supported Mitchell's assessment. Ms. Sponsor may not have intended to indict an innocent man, the hearing panel wrote of one of the people charged, but the evidence establishes that she did so. When presented with evidence contradicting the charges against the protesters, Sponsor did not take the time to give it an objective examination, the hearing panel found. Hearing panel found Sponsor violated multiple ethical conduct rules. Her two-year suspension is effective 60 days from Tuesday. Again, the Arizona Republic with the reporting there. I am incensed, yes, by the conduct, but also by the panel. You know, you have to be pretty bad for your colleagues, basically. Those who do what you do to step up and call you out publicly. But to hear things like, she may not have intended to indict an innocent man. When you don't review evidence, when you blow off exculpatory evidence, when you cut and paste like it's a template, someone's life, and choose to charge as a gang. What's Rico? Ever heard of Rico? When you do all that, you did intend. You did intend. This is willful misconduct, not negligence. There's a huge difference. What I heard is willful misconduct. You're charging innocent people with felonies and at least two years suspension. Why would you ever, ever be allowed to practice law again? Ever. What does it take for these people to lose the privilege of being part of the system where they persecute people? Tell me where I'm wrong here, Jackson. And by the way, I have another question for you. Why is there a necessary carve out here? Why does there need to be a special unit that prosecutes on behalf of first responders and police officers? Aren't crimes crimes? And if one's committed against an officer or first responder, people should be charged. But again, it puts this there up here and we're over here. I don't know, maybe they have a special unit 
that protects and prosecutes on behalf of innocent people who were subjected to trumped up charges, maybe. But I haven't heard about that. But I'll I'll let you have the floor. Well, yeah, exactly. As you pointed out, you know, there's uh, special prosecutors for things like that because it helps to keep the system intact. You know, it may, in terms of how it's sold, it's well, you know, there's there's special instances. There's more data to look through. We have to be, but all it is is uh, about maintaining authority and keeping the state uh, in the position that it's in. Now, I do 100% agree that um, you know these prosecutors should just flat out be disbarred and fired and not allowed to practice law again. However, not being able to do this for two years, I think, is going to have a serious impact on their careers, just period. Um, it, so at least there's that. At least there was some justice. But at the end of the day, like you pointed out, um, this was very intentional, very brazen, and above all, it's very political. Um, you know, she was going about this, and these prosecutors are going about this because of what they believe politically. They thought that this is the right thing to do. We have to set an example here. And that's why they got punished the way that they did, because you can't play with people's lives because of what you personally believe uh, or how you think things should go. So that's all this was. 100 percent. They did this because they wanted to and they got busted for it. Again, I I wish they got fired, but uh, I think that uh, 24 months without being able to practice law is probably going to put a dent in their careers that they can't fully, truly recover from. But they should have been fired. I think you're right. And I think I'm right. I think it's going to be a very painful experience. Two years without, you know, you were up here and now you're kind of people look sideways at you if they care, mm-hmm. if they care. But I'm yeah. right too. What I hear here is, oh, even in this panel, who was charged with kind of getting the facts out and they seemingly did a bang up job, a bang up job graded on a curve, you see. I hear people going out of their way to make excuses for a crime. This is this is misconduct. You want to do a review board? Fine. You want the HR? I if this is true, it's a crime. What you did is a crime. Willful misconduct. That's not the same as an accident. People get charged, by the way, with accidents. Right. Well, you know, they get charged because it's just so heinous and the details, you can find something there. I don't want to see her ever in a courtroom again, unless she's sitting at the defendant's table. I don't want her inside a meeting with police officers unless they're interviewing, interrogating her. I think that's what she's earned here. Ruining lives, I don't hear anything about wiping out these you know, indictments, these arrest records that come up time and time again. I don't hear anything about that. Innocent people, disgusted, disgusted. A case we've been following, bringing you the details of more black cops allege racism in Pasadena, the police department. An update to a story we brought you two weeks ago, a pair of officers joining Taze and Crutchfield and suing the Pasadena department, claiming retaliation and discrimination while on the job. Officers Jarvis Shelby on the left, Milton White on the right are joining Crutchfield in the middle there in the suit of Separate incidents of discrimination, according to Pasadena Star News. Shelby's mother, Kim, accused Shelby's commanding officer of putting a six-year-old veteran in a headlock in August, resulting in him suffering from injuries, the outlet reported. She said the job 
he wanted since he was a child has turned on him. Where dreams die. White, who allegedly witnessed the attack on Shelby, was pushed back, retaliated against within the department. White's wife said in a statement, NBCLA with the uh, picture there. It's a prime example that you are only valued as an African American police officer if you are taking black and brown people to jail and holding up the code of silence. NBC Los Angeles. Makes sense. As a reminder, Taze and Crutchfield's original lawsuit outlined a separate encounter that happened after the January fatal shooting of Charles Towns, involving deputies from the Los Angeles Sheriff's Department. A month later, police responded to a call regarding Towns' two children, one of whom was upset over their father's recent death at the hands of law enforcement. According to the reports, one of the colleagues allegedly put one of the son's face near a cactus-like plant. A woman at the scene said to police, his father just got killed last week. Please, please stop. Body cam footage released by the department in June shows Crutchfield subtly shoving the officer going back and forth with one of the people at the scene. Crutchfield's attorney said about the incident, Officer Tazen Crutchfield fortunately followed statewide police training and intervened to de-escalate the situation. There's the crime. Officer Crutchfield deserved a commendation for her swift and heroic action, avoiding needless violence. Press release from Crutchfield's attorney said, the outlet reported. Instead, she was relieved of duty and punished. Our lawsuit is about righting the wrong that Officer Crutchfield has suffered from. Atlanta Black Star with that statement. In a statement to local media, city officials said, quote, there are at least two sides to every story and complaints and their lawyers are free to take their side to the media. The city of Pasadena cannot respond in a public debate regarding the claims as they involve personnel matters, which are confidential under California law. That said, personnel complaints against any Pasadena police officers are investigated thoroughly and fairly. And all personnel throughout our ranks are always held accountable for their actions. Can I have a shot of vodka? or something to take the edge off here. I just had to read that and I need something to come. Got a whole down. bunch of alcohol yeah. right behind me. I wish. Right behind okay. me, y'all see that? Y'all see that back there? You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. You got a whole selection. You got bourbon back there, you got tequila, <laughs> okay. you got vodka, you got everything you could possibly want, wine, all of that, you know? Well, as long as we're not dealing in reality and releasing yeah. statements like that, Jackson, I think all of us should be able to partake. Well, you know, I think that one of the things that really rang true to me with this story is that if, you know, police departments truly allow themselves not just to diversify, but to give black officers or Latino officers more of a say in how situations are resolved, then the entire structure of the police system will change. Uh, it, it will become more just. It will become more structured towards actually helping people and solving situations rather than where the police do what we say. Um, so I think that this really reflects back on the fact that law enforcement in this country is an issue that really can only be solved locally. Um, it's important that we continue to talk about things that are happening all over the nation. But if any of us really want to make a difference in how our cities or our towns are policed, then we have to get involved in local elections. We have to know who our mayors are. We have to know who people on uh, city council are. 
show up to town halls, because this is where all of this stuff really takes place in terms of who gets chosen, who gets appointed. Um, so I encourage everybody to not just for uh, law enforcement issues, but for pretty much anything that you'd like to see mm-hmm. change in your community, get involved in local politics, um, yep. because that's really, really where you can have more of an effect. And it's probably right around the corner from you in terms of where you can yep. link up with people. So I encourage Educate. you to- yeah. Get together with, yeah. with your community, your mm-hmm. neighbors, all politics is local, and you're right. So thank you for that reminder. Instead of just getting frustrated, taking a shot, vodka, bourbon, I don't know. Do that, do that. Take you a shot, right. you know what I'm saying? Go take ahead and take shot, you a shot. Baby. But, you've but, earned it yeah. as long as you're mm-hmm. age. Okay, but <laughs> you've got to get involved. And speaking of mayor, police chief, put a picture. Pasadena's police chief, Eugene Harris there. And there's Mayor Victor Gordo. The officer's attorneys say they're in the process of filing suit against the Pasadena Police Department and expect more police officers with similar stories of racial discrimination and harassment to come forward. This nonsense from the city officials, we can't comment on a personnel matter. These are public officials. And this thing where you get to hide and duck and bob, and we even put out this disclaimer before you get to the real meat of the statement. And there's two sides to every story. Well, what's on the body cam? How about, can we just can we just get to that? As I recall, these other two officers likely came forward and felt emboldened to finally speak their piece because an agency said, yep, she's got a right to sue. Very hard to come by, by the way, very hard to come by. I'll give you the last word, Jackson, but I it just makes my blood boil, okay? This whole conspiracy thing. You can be a decorated police officer, you can be a police officer of color, but you better not. You better not dishonor the code. Because if you yeah. do, you're done. And, and you know, it, I think that it can be incredibly discouraging for people who want to join uh, the police force for good because they want to help to police their towns and their cities. They want to help keep people safe. Stuff like this is very discouraging. On top of the fact that you know police officers don't you know particularly get paid that handsomely uh, you know in the first place, so it's not really a job that can attract a lot of people. Um, oftentimes, you look at situations where if people are overqualified, they don't want them. You know, if you score mm-hmm. too high on a test now, we don't mm-hmm. want you here. So, yeah. uh, you know, I think that it's just really a bad look in terms of do y'all want quality people on the squad or not? But I think we know the answer to that in a lot of cases. I think you're right. And think of uh, gangs, right? How do gangs recruit? They go after usually kids who have a need, fill mm-hmm. a void, want a sense of belonging, will capitulate. They want to go along and be part of something. I I don't have a degree in psychology, but I suspect that there are things going along down that road, if you will. Just what I see. We'll keep following the story much more indisputable when we come right back. Welcome back to Indisputable. I am Sharon Reed in for Dr. Rashad Ritchie alongside Jackson White offering Incredible commentary today, our guest commentator on the show. Um, Let's get to some more viewer comments. YouTube first, if we can. About that prosecutor suspended for charging innocent protesters. 
The voodoo you do says, bet your money if you ask people who know this prosecutor, they'll say she had ambition for higher office and was trying to fast track bragging points to use while campaigning. I wouldn't doubt it. And that's part of the problem here, that people use the law and abuse it for their own personal gain, right? And that's the, the way they're judged. How many prosecutions did you get? As if it's that difficult in this climate. Librio says, when Karen start passing the bar, we're all doomed. <laughs> and Karen and Karen's love to study for that examination. Woo, ought to put some questions on there to trip them up. Okay, that shouldn't be that difficult. And the update, more black cops allege racism in Pasadena. The police department, Vincent Morales says, what do you call a good cop? Unemployed, you might be right in this case. Seems you're right, Vincent. The Jack, thank you for your com, uh, contribution. These cops are doing this for themselves, okay? Not to change anything. Can't argue with that. Lady Fung Me T, thank you for your contribution. Popo is not only sus, they got a gangster union. Thank you for your commentary. Appreciate it. One more for you, Twitch. The prosecutor suspended. Blazing Monkey says, damn, yo, I didn't know Antifa was organized crime or even organized. Right. Question, right? It's always, listen, if Antifa did something wrong, go ahead and, and get after it. But I just can't say Antifa's just coming up at Starbucks and everywhere. Antifa, when people get upset and they want to just pass the buck, all I hear is Antifa. Antifa. Okay, a hotel settling with Kaneka Jenkins family for $10 million. Judge connected to the Kaneka Jenkins and Crown Plaza O'Hare lawsuit, which involved the tragic death of a 19 year old woman found frozen in the suburban Chicago hotel's walk in freezer in 2017, has revealed the amount reached in the case's settlement. Settlement finalized in August was not made public until October. While the parties involved disclosed the resolution in October, they did not reveal the specific dollar amount. Jenkins' mother, Teresa Martin, did not want the terms of the settlement revealed and requested it remain sealed to the public, telling the court revealing the terms would compromise her family's safety. Initially, Judge Thomas Cushing denied her petition, but allowed Martin's attorney to resubmit the request in October this week. The record was unsealed, Lana Blackstar with the reporting. Court records show the parties involved in this case settled on $10 million, a considerable reduction from the initial $50 million sought by Martin. Breakdown of the settlement shows Martin will receive more than $3.7 million. Jenkins' half-sister, Leonore Harris, will receive $1.5 million. And brother Kenneth Lee Jenkins will receive $1.2. Funeral expenses for Jenkins. Homegoing service conducted in 2017, reimbursed in the amount of $6,000. More than 1,000 people were in attendance for the memorial. Portion of this settlement was allocated to cover legal fees, approximately 3.5 million designated for attorney fees and costs for Martin's legal representation. Settlement arriving six years after the young woman succumbed to hypothermia in the hotel's walk-in freezer. Addresses a case the family claimed was marked by security lapses. Jenkins had gone with friends to a party in a room inside the Rosemont 
Illinois Hotel in the evening of Friday, September 8, 2017. At some point, the group left the ninth floor hotel room together. But when they got to the lobby, the other young women in the group left the inebriated Jenkins there alone as they returned to the room to retrieve personal effects she had left behind. Never saw her again. Hotel security cameras later would show a disoriented Jenkins wandering around the building after her companions left her in the lobby. Around 1 a.m. September 9th, 2017, family members attempted to reach Jenkins, presuming she was in room 926 for the party. Alarmed when neither friends nor family could locate her by 2.30 a.m., they contacted authorities. At some point that morning, hotel security alerted to the girl's disappearance and failed to review the hotel video recording. That would later show she went into the hotel's restaurant kitchen and eventually the freezer where she never emerged, even though the freezer opens from the inside. According to the complaint, if someone had just monitored the cameras in the hotel, that would have saved her life, according to the Chicago Sun-Times. The lawsuit was filed in late 2018. It named the hotel its security firm and the restaurant renting the freezer. It alleged negligence on the part of the defendants and further asserted The hotel had inadequate security and a failure to conduct a proper search when she went missing. The young woman's body was discovered approximately 24 hours after her family reported her disappearance to both the hotel and the police. So I am so saddened by this and it's proof that no amount of money can ever, this doesn't make matter. How can you even enjoy it? They deserve it, it's the American way when something such as this happens. I hear negligence all the way around, Jackson. Authorities yeah. called, they show up. Well, I would say, well, where, where'd you last see her? Okay, what about these cameras? Can we? Can you take me to where the, you can show me the footage, right? The hotel security didn't bother to, wouldn't that be the first place you would look? It's disgusting. Do you care that little about another human being? I ask rhetorically. What what's on your mind when you hear the details of this from Jackson? I mean, well, firstly, it's a complete tragedy. You know, I mean, to to lose for someone to lose their life before their time. You know, I mean, we never know when our time is, but preferably we'd like to, you know, live through our adulthood enough to have gotten a lot of what we'd want out of the way, or at least to try. You know, at least a chance to try. So when people lose their lives early like this, it's always a tragedy. But the way that it happened. Um, you know, it, it is really, like you said, $10 million, $100 million, a billion dollars obviously isn't going to bring her back, but it's not really going to do anything substantial, although they do deserve it. Um, I think that this highlights how important it is to pay attention in establishments like this, especially because in hotels, people are inebriated often, you know, whether it's alcohol or other types of drugs, people kick it and people party. But my hope is that this case can encourage other hotel chains or or similar establishments to pay more attention Mm -hmm. uh, to what's going on inside of them. It's always unfortunate that we have to learn things the hard way as human beings. Um, But I hope that something like this doesn't happen again, um, you know, because it certainly doesn't have to. So it's just really a sad story. Hope they learn the lesson too that were your house or mine and a woman. Died like that, I guarantee we'd be held responsible. Absolutely. So yeah, I hope they'll they'll change, and perhaps industry standards need to change.
Um, yeah. A worker, I'm sure this headline can't be right, but this is what it says. Got a crack team here, they don't make mistakes, not very often. But this says a worker was given a potato as a Christmas bonus. Working for Scrooge? I don't know. <laughs> heat Miser, remember Heat Miser for that cartoon? Look it up. That looked like a window, uh, that, potato that, yes. from Wendy's. Yes, it does. But we're going <laughs> to give you the details. Daily Mail here in the US, people like ex user Amanda J. Panda are not receiving cash bonuses, but root vegetables instead. And to add further insult, the vegetable bonus would allegedly be taxed in her next paycheck. Who needs the carbs? Right? This is insane. And I'm going to ask the team, but well, it's not from the onion. This is this is reporting, okay? And this really happened. Amanda wrote a series of viral tweets on the platform where she informed her followers the $15 potato would be taxed on her next check. She comically then asked users, does anyone need an assistant so I can just quit right now? <laughs> My $15 potato. That's what, that's what it said. My work is doing a potato bar as our Christmas bonus. I'm literally getting a hospital potato as a bonus. They also said it has a $15 value, so it will be taxed on our next check. Does anyone need an assistant? You understand why she's asking. Amanda noted the potato bar would be a baked potato with toppings after her company decided Frito pies and turkey chili would be too expensive. And <laughs> a beverage bar of water, hot chocolate, and apple cider against drink policies. <laughs> I said, Amanda. Also joke, the vegetable bonus, folks, was her Charlie Brown villain origin <laughs> story. Before adding, people telling me to start a fight or a riot. Girl, I need a job next to a laughing emoji. The bamboozled employee then asked whether she should show up with Tupperware to get her money's worth and sour cream before she confessed. The bizarre bonus was at least an improvement from the 30-minute video conference with leadership employees were treated to last year. 30 minute conference, potato bar, no chili. <laughs> I guess you it might, but if you're not doing carbs again. Wow. Amanda would even share this screenshot that allegedly proved the potato would be taxed. Many users jumped on the thread with reaction comments ranging from comedic to sarcastic and straight up advice like this user, bam, underscore multi saying, it shouldn't be taxed. It's a low value gift of property. And as such, should qualify as a non taxable, de minimis fringe benefit, especially since it's a holiday gift. Climax of the story, however, was the reveal of the potato, Amanda announcing, your attention please, the moment you've all been waiting for, my $15 tax potato. Well, I like mine with cracked pepper too, not enough cheese. It looks like she only 
Maybe there was, maybe they had to ration the cheese. I don't know. Okay. But it doesn't have enough cheese on it um, for me, Jackson. But now it's, it's getting stupid. I'm talking about the condiments. I want you to weigh in on who the hell would give someone a potato for well, a Christmas present? My, my bigger question than who gives a potato for a Christmas present is why the potato costs $15. Mm. You know, that's an expensive potato. I can get a whole sack of potatoes for yeah. less than $15. I can get Even a sack of potatoes. Economy. Right, mm-hmm. I can get a sack of potatoes for like $5, $6. You know what I'm saying? I'm going to be saying mm-hmm. sack of potatoes all week now. Mm-hmm. It, just, it just comes out nicely. I don't know. They must got some Cialis in that potato or some or some crack <laughs> or something. I don't know. It ain't cocaine because it's too cheap. Not, too cheap. The drugs. Well, I'm just trying. I'm just trying to figure out why why that thing costs fifteen dollars. Like, what does it come with? You know what I'm saying? Like, does it come with a vacation? No, I can't come with no vacation. It's it's a cheap drug in there. It's got to be a cheap a cheap. Yeah, (laughs) no time off. It comes with taxes. But uh, yeah, I I don't know. I've I think it would be funny to just get like a free potato for Christmas, but not one that you have to be taxed on. Yeah, and it's the taxation. About 1,600 calories, just I'm eyeballing it, <laughs> okay? So you're doing damage to your employees. You're costing them money. You're costing them all of these calories. And for what? Do you even care? What is this symbolic of? I said, you know, who's your boss, Scrooge? But doesn't it have to be Jackson? Could a, could a employer be this daft? Never mind. I've worked with I don't, places. I think right, right. Yes, they definitely could. Right, right. Exactly. You answered your own question for sure. I, I don't know what type of person has to give this out though, because you had to think about it. You know what I mean? Like, what, what, what should my employees? Oh, I know. I'll get a potato. Like, what your <laughs> your rotten potatoes? Like when they got them little yeah. roots and sprouts growing out of them when you mm-hmm. leave them out for too long and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't know, man. She could. They could have given them a sexier vegetable or a sexier fruit. Yes. You know, maybe like a, a bag of blueberries or some mm. or, or a mango. A mango. That's perfect. Mm. A Christmas mango instead of a Christmas potato. Well, not <laughs> if it's organic. That's going to cost too much, and I don't know. They, they wouldn't even give them hot chocolate. <laughs> okay, that's even better. That's even better. Well, we'll we'll mull that over. Now, I do wish I had a baked potato. Maybe pick me up a sack too. Tell uh, people what you're up to, where they can find your great commentary, Jackson. Yes, firstly, it's always great to be here with you, Sharon. Always good to be on Indisputable. But uh, yeah, y'all can check me out on YouTube, youtube.com slash at politics and paper. We're going into 2024 very strong. And the membership program is dedicated to community service and local politics. So I'm very excited about going into this election year with a lot of support. The community is awesome. And uh, thank Mm -hmm. you to everybody. So go ahead and check me out, politics and paper. And keep spreading the word, local politics, get involved. We're proud of you and um, your huge following is growing, growing and wish you the best of luck. Jackson White, thank you. I am Sharon Reed and for Dr. Rashad Ritchie, we'll see you next time on Indisputable. 